still we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. I just smoked a buck. I smoked a fork. Oh my god, my first year. This episode is brought to you by the following sponsors of Ridge Ridge Outdoors Podcast. Archery Geek Custom Strings. Use promo code R2R to save 15% out at checkout. Bow and Arrow Shop. Make sure you guys check out Bruce and the boys down at Lakeside, California for all your archery equipment and hunting gear needs. Right to Bear Arms. Located in Alpine, California, hit Drew and Trent up for all your firearm needs. Tricer USA. The lightest and fastest glassing system on the market. Use promo code R2R to save 15% off at checkout. Alrighty, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ridge Ridge Outdoors Podcast. Uh, I'm pretty pumped about this one. Um, Timmy's pumped. Actually, Timmy's pretty jacked about it. We've been talking about it for over a day, and, and it's been like a nonstop conversation while we're working. So much so that I had to put my phone on mute. But that being said, <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Timmy, Ryan. What's up? And John Stallone from Day, yep, J- Days in the Wild podcast. He's the host of it. And we got him on to talk about a handful of things. Um, we think it's good to have him on and talk to, you know, the listeners of this podcast and inform everybody. It's January, OTCs in full swing. It's a, yeah, it's a good I've thing. I've only hunted two days. I've only got to hunt two days because I've been too busy dealing with anti-hunting crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, there you go, man. Well, with that, with that, John, Dude, just give our listeners um, a rundown of who you are, bud, and, and what you're all about. Um, the abbreviated is I am a wildlife, wildlife conservationist advocate. I am a writer, podcast host. Used to be a TV show host. Um, I've been in some way, shape, or form paid uh, in the industry. Um, to hunt since 2001. Oh, dude. Um, I nice. run I run a guide service here in Arizona, and we guide in California, and we guide in South Dakota, and um, kind of working on some other things in some other states. So, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 45 years old. I've been hunting since I'm five years old. I, I uh, was with my dad and he had me hold the the rifle at five years old to take. So technically, I took my first deer at five years old, and um, which almost scarred me. I don't uh, I don't recommend that to people. <laughs> but I don't recommend that to people because I got I got a little gun shot for a little bit with yeah. big rifles, you know. But um, and uh, yeah, man, it's been an addiction almost, you know, a passion for sure. Uh, for a very long time. I I wasn't as serious as I am now. Like, I, I hunted quite a bit. I've always hunted quite a bit. But um, basically from the years of my freshman year in high school to my senior year in college, um, my the hunting went down a little bit, you know, because I was busy, uh, I was busy chasing two like a deer. Yeah, yeah. But of um, <laughs> you got a couple of dough and heat, man. I chase them around. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but really, honestly, since age you know twenty three ish to now, I've been like ten plus trips a year, 
you know, 90 plus days a year in the field. So. Dang, dude, you're living the dream. Absolutely. Dude, that, sure. uh, <clears throat> our listeners can, uh, listen to that and handful of people that we still communicate with, uh, outside of this podcast, man, they, they would, they, they give up their day job for sure to, uh, live the life you get to live. But you know, I, it's crazy that, you know, I'm just going to ask the first question that ever get old. Hmm. Does that get old? dude? No, no, it does. I mean, there are some things that make it very difficult because I have to have a family, I have a wife, I have three children. Um, you know, so there's always a certain amount of pissing them off. Yeah, to, to chase your own dreams. Like right now, I piss my wife off. They do another podcast today. Well, it happens. Um, but you know, and it, but you know, the, the main thing about if you want to do this, you want to do what I do. You gotta find yourself a career that affords you a lot of time. Everybody's yeah. always looking for a career in hunting because they think if I get a career in hunting, then I get to hunt more. When you get a career in hunting, you just have a career in hunting and you don't really get to hunt. So, I mean, honestly, like I've been trying to dial back guiding because if I guide, that gives away more get out of free jail cards with my wife that I can't go hunting for myself. You know? right, right. So I try to fill my guides schedule up as much as possible. And then I fill it where I need to now because... You know, unless there's somebody specifically like I am going to sign with you because I want to go with you and not just your outfit. So. Right, right. I actually what have happened? a, I actually have a buddy that is, he's actually one of my best friends, uh, matter of fact, mm-hmm. and he actually owns a guide service. He started out this this year down in Mexico. To be honest, and oh, he, cool. he's been guiding like eight years. So uh, I always ask him, you know, because he cannot wait to go to go guiding because it gets him out of his daily gig you know and he got right, for right. like five months a year man but dude after that five months he's like a beat dog he he like wants, yeah it's rough it is and and he says it's life. yeah it you know you you get up at four o'clock in the morning you don't go to sleep till 10 11 o'clock and that's like a good day you yeah. know i mean nine nine times out of ten when you're guiding you're you're cooking you're cleaning you're you know and I'm not saying this because the guys don't know what they're doing or because they're any, any less of a man, whatever, but there's a certain amount of babysitting. Like it's like you're, because they're looking to you. They're, there's the other side where there's guys that come and they're like, I know everything and I'm going to show you. Right. You know, then why'd you hire me? But the, the other side is it's, it's actually, it's better for us, but there's a lot of work involved because they're, they're relying on you for everything. Right. And, you know, that, that takes a toll because mentally you're like, oh shit, this guy gave me money and I got to perform, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you're freaking stressed out all the time. And, you know, there's a lot of physical work. Right? And um, it's, it's really definitely not for everybody. That's, that's for sure. Right. Um, I enjoy doing it, and, and, but I enjoy doing it when I want to do it. Right. Makes a ton of sense. We we do a lot of javelina hunts here. Matter of fact, a lot of my the guys that come here for the javelina hunts are from California, Pacific Pacific Northwest and California. Right. Um, and then I get the opposite end of the spectrum. I get the the, the East Coast. Um, our javelina hunts are super popular. They usually take twelve to sixteen clients a year. This is the first year. Well, part of it is because I kind of screwed up and messed up a bunch of applications when I was when I was applying people, but, um, 
but this is the first year in 10 years that we didn't have at least a camp of eight people. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, you know, we have like three or four coming the first couple of days and then another three or four and that's it. Right. Which is crazy to me. Crazy, crazy. Haviland is my most popular hunt because it's the easiest to draw and it's also the most affordable. So if it gives a guy an opportunity to come out here and experience what spot and stalk hunting is, mess around in the desert, learn how to glass, oh, yeah. you know, hike all over dang place. It's, it's not an easy hunt because everybody's like, oh, there's one dog. That's because you look at Texas and there's feeders and corn rows and yeah. they're just everywhere. You know, just to give you an idea, Arizona has like 40,000 uh, javelina. I think Texas has 300,000. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, of course, the land mass is quite a bit. Yeah, I would say it's like four times the size, too. But, yeah. <laughs> but all those, they're all in southern Texas. Yeah, not. exactly. So, Arizona, in Arizona, they go all the way up to, almost up to you in some places. Right. So, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's always been a great one. I love that one because we've had a 100% success rate. Right. Um, sorry, 99 now, 99% I have one guy. Uh, two years ago, go home rally. But he shot, so it was a hundred percent shot opportunity. Um and so that's that's always a good thing. Like you feel super confident, the, the people have a great time, everybody wants to go home with something, take some meat, teach them how to cook it, you know, all that stuff. So pretty cool. Hey, John, when you guide people from the East Coast, I know a lot of guys in the East Coast they, they tree stand hunt. What, what do mm-hmm. you tell them as far as um, how far out to be proficient with their bows um, before they come out? Do you tell them to add a pin and practice at 60, or, or are you content yeah. with them coming out 20, 30, 40 pins? I, I tell them, well, first, I, 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 we have a very specific survey that figures, you know, that asks all the questions to find out how proficient they are. Right. Most guys don't have a really good grasp for that or they tend to exaggerate because they feel like you know this is a chest beating sport right <laughs> so people don't want to seem most people there's plenty of guys that are like listen I know nothing I want you to you know hold my hand and those are great because those guys are like they'll take direction real well um, but there's a lot of people that will will say yeah I'm good to 60 yards but they're really good really that means they're good to 40 yards um, so but we, we take a a poll and get all these questions, find out how, what their physicality is, what, you know, condition they're in, how, how often they shoot, what they're shooting, all this stuff. And of course it all depends on, on what we're hunting. Um, cause if we're hunting elk, you know, and it depends on the unit too. Like, so it's, it's very, we cater it to the person as best we can. If I know, if a guy tells me, listen, I'm, I'm like, 20, 30 yard shooter. I'm going well, how, how comfortable are you about sitting on water holes a lot of the time? Right. And right. if they're not, then I'm going to see it. Listen, okay, we have five months. Do you think in five months you can get that 30, 30 up to 50 and be proficient at it? What sometimes they are, they come out and they can shoot like a madman and they're awesome. And other times they show up and they they can't, they can't be proficient at 50. And for the first couple of days, they get frustrated because they're missing or, you know, God forbid, worse, they wound something. And um, and then they're more, you know, lax and understanding that, yeah, okay, now maybe I should just sit on water, you yeah. know, or something to that effect. Yeah. So we always have options and we're always willing to adjust 
there's other guys too that think they're in great shape and then they go hiking around the hills a bunch and they're like, wait a second, are we going to keep on going? And I'm like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to keep on going. Find out out a lot of male hunting, you know, there, it's not uncommon to go 10, 12, sometimes 14 miles, 15 miles a day. Right, right. Um, you know, um, I had Paul Medell here went hunting with him and just to give you an idea, we did 12 miles from before light to about noon. 12 miles. Yeah. And that, that half the day. Yeah, that's tough. So, yeah, you could put some serious, serious miles. You know, and, and um, the funny thing is, is 12 miles in, you know, essentially, you know, you did it in six hours-ish. Uh, those are, regardless if they're uphill, downhill or flat ground, that's still hard miles. You're not, you're not doing 12 yeah. miles on asphalt or concrete. You got your pack on, you got your bow in your hand. There's, there's a physical aspect of just walking, man. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah. And, and for me, like what, what ends up failing before anything is my feet. Like I, I'm a good, I'm good for 12 miles. I'm good for 12 miles. Once I hit over 12 miles, then the feet just hurt, hurt. And then I get to a certain point that if I go over a certain point, then it's very hard for me to recover. So like even if, if I go 12 miles and my feet are hurting and then I wake up the next day, I'm usually fine. I go another 12 miles. But if I go, let's say, 15 or 16 miles, I wake up the next day, then I'm kind of at a deficit and my feet are still bothering me. I'm starting off the gate already in pain, you know? Yeah, you're starting so, to hurt, man. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'd imagine you find that with clients quite a bit. You know, you get somebody that, that doesn't take it as serious as they should, and you get them on their feet for five, six miles, and they're going, where's the truck? You know, I mean, I I, I can almost guarantee yeah, you that that's all what you're used to. Yep. So, we, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about, I really try to prepare them and let them know, hey, listen, you need to be on the Stairmaster. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing that because we're going to be doing this. Right, right. And, and that first day, I'm always kind of like testing the waters, you know, kind of see where they're at. And most part, the guys are really good about taking, you know, taking note and listening. And, you know, I've had a couple of guys from California that come out, that's come out the last two years in a row with us to South Dakota. Those guys are beasts, man. They're always working out. The hell they work out more than me, you know, it's like they're, they're always ready to go and do what they got to do. And even though we're hunting private land there, it's all big Canyon country and we're all doing a lot of miles up and down, up and down. And it's tough walking. Cause it's like walking on sand, you know, walking on sand takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Oh and yeah. The ground's real soft and it's kind of like that. It's very difficult. It takes, takes a lot more effort. So. Absolutely. Especially but, with, with weight on your back, yeah. you know, it, it's a tough oh, yeah. deal. I mean, outside of your guide service, man, um, mm-hmm. you know, I know we, as a group over here, we, we kind of have some questions for you, bud, you know, just kind of poke around, you know, my first one that I, that, uh, we actually got down and, and it, in it regard, in regards to a lot of out of staters that actually hunt Arizona yearly, you know, it's all in the, uh, Mm -hmm. the OTC, um, archery hunt, but what is your favorite season to hunt that OTC? it, it, It honestly used to be January, right? But, it has gotten so popular that I'm starting not to like it. The, the actual, the January side yeah. of the season? It's just, fishing game kind of, me specifically, that's me pretty good because in the units that I hunt, they pushed a lot of people there. Uh, Randy Newberg, a couple other influencers were like, go to this, 
go to this one, go to this one. And I shit you not, I was down there for two days. And uh, this is not me being angry at Addison Connors because I everybody's got a place. But fishing games through the pooch because they sh- shoved everybody in the same room. Right. Instead of having the whole state to disperse and go anywhere you want, now you're shooting out the three best, you know, or not the three best, but the three highest density gear units because you're throwing so many people in there. Right. And I shit you not, I was down there and I saw maybe one or two plates from Arizona. Everybody was from California. There was a couple from Idaho and a couple from Texas. Really? Sorry yeah, about that, absolutely John. Absolutely <laughs> insane. I look at, I, and I'm not, angry, I'm not angry at it. Like, you know, everybody's got a place. I'm an out of state hunter 90% of the time. Like, I hunt out of state everywhere. Right. You know, so I, I, I have no, you know, I have no, uh, that's what I'm looking for. No qualms like, against it. Yeah. You know, I can't even, I can't even bitch. As well, long as people follow, I think there should be a written code of ethics, and there's not. Right. Um, a matter of fact, Charles and I, um, Charles is from California. Um, he hunts with me a lot. We hunt together a lot. I should say that hunts with me, but we hunt together a lot. He was here in Arizona last January. And, um, well, man, we ran into the dumb of the dumb of the dumbest, like people doing stupid shit. We had these guys from Pennsylvania saw us start we happened to spot some deer off the highway so i made a big loop turn around pulled over and we were halfway to the deer and i a truck pulls up and literally parks behind my truck because they saw the same deer you know somebody's at i mean obviously there's a truck right there right yeah they try to come in from the upwind side mm, great perfect right mm-hmm. that's to normal, see if right? they can beat it to see if they can beat us there to get this buck yeah, and I'm like, how does that help anybody? Yeah. You, you blew them out. You're not going to get them. We're not going to get them. And like, what, where's the dude? I ran these guys. But they hide. They hide the back of their truck. We got back. Like, we jumped in the raptor. I'm like, this fucker's not out running the damn raptor. I'm going to go yeah. catch his ass. I'm doing yeah. 100 fucking miles an hour. <laughs> I freaking get in front of him, and I pulled him over. And I'm like, because this goes. This is kind of shitty because it goes against what a lot of what I want to talk about later, mm-hmm. but. You know, there's no respect. There's like no respect for the fellow hunter, and there's, there's there's no ethics. You know, and every once in a while, I like I lose my shit. I'm a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Italian, and I'm hot headed. So yeah. I, I lose my shit because I am very respectful of other people. I show up to places that I've been going to for 20 years, and other somebody else is there. I don't. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they beat me here, so let's Time go to another place, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's always those yeah, Pennsylvania like, guys. The first couple of times I ran into that, like, hunting out of state, um, and I'm not going to pick on people, but I I ran, I, and there was one state in particular. It would drive me nuts. The people would literally come up and sit next to you <laughs> and start glassing right next to you. Ugh. And I'm like, well, and that part didn't bother me as much as the fact that they didn't acknowledge that you were there. Didn't say, "Hey, what's up? Yeah. Do you mind if I sit here?" Nothing. Right. Just pop down. Didn't even look in your direction. See, and the funny thing is, man, is uh, you know, I I don't necessarily have a problem with people sitting down like if I'm out of state and people sit down next to me in glass. I always, for whatever reason, 
I think conversation is good. Um, I like to converse. You got to acknowledge that there's a person. Right. You know? <laughs> and, and you never know. Like, you never know who those people are next to you. Maybe they're not looking for that 170 buck. Maybe, right. You know, maybe they're looking for a fork. And you know what, dude? If they're cool and you've seen a fork down exactly. in that canyon. I've done it a million times. You know, and you're like, hey, I've dude. Done it a million times. Go thump that deer. I'll watch it. Because, you know, we all like to watch deer go down. You know? Right. I've done it a million times. Yeah. And it's funny, on that same trip that I'm talking about, I had these, this father and son, and they pulled up next to me. I'm like, oh, my God, another one, right? And yeah. they got out, and they happened to be from Arizona. But nobody knew that I was from Arizona because I was driving a rental truck, and it had the, the plates were from where I was hunting. Right. Um, they pull up next to me, and they asked. And they were like, hey, do you mind if we uh, sit down there right there in class? I'm like, yeah, sure. And honestly, I'm friends with them now. Sweet. We became great friends. Yeah. I helped I helped him get his ear and helped him pack it out. And his cousin who lived there helped me get my deer and helped me pack it up. Sweet. And was with me when I when I joined up tag over there. So yeah. it's like, you know, you never know what you're if you if you don't reach out to people and show them, you know, common courtesy and and whatnot, you you don't know that you might be passing up a perfect opportunity. Like I have an inside man now in that state because he lives there and he knows that he's a great hunter. Yeah. You know, hell my, my Isaac, if it wasn't for me walking up to help uh, this gentleman and a kid with an elk, I would have never met um, one of the best Ibex guides in the, in the, state of new mexico right uh, like yeah. because of him i had inside knowledge i had help i had all like and it was all because it's, i did something you know so you, it's it's important you know and, it, and it's a it's a two-way you gotta you always gotta be try to be the big guy you know what i'm saying yeah it, i'm not always it's always I situational the, like I it happens sometimes sometimes i get let shake it the best of me but yeah for sure i think that happens to everyone uh i definitely know that you know, outside of like having an inside man, like you said, you, you, you developed a friendship, you know, and, that, and right. that's what it's really about, you know, and, and having those friendships and ties and it all just plays into it, you know, without a doubt. Absolutely. You, you know, it's not just Randy Newberg because the reason I started going to Arizona to hunt is because I watched your, your deer hunting videos, your OTC videos. And then, yeah, but I wasn't telling you what unit it goes. No, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you weren't. <laughs> that's, no, that's the difference. Cl- clarify that. Yeah, that's no, the big no. difference. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know that me and Jay Scott and a couple other guys that were promoting hunting in Arizona, yeah. um, were you know we're telling people to come here, but we never said, hey, I want you to come to this unit. Yeah, no, a lot of deer. I did a road trip. <laughs> I did a road trip with my wife, and we we drove through the whole state of Arizona, big loop to kind of figure out where we wanted to hunt. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's kind of how it happened, uh, and then a couple of friends that have been going there for fifteen years kind of keyed me in on another area. But it's funny because yeah. Charles too, like I never had any desire to hunt pigs, and then I started watching his videos with his heavy metal shooting pigs with his bow. Oh yeah, he's he's gotten so many people with that. Yeah, crazy. And so since I watched those videos, then I started doing some exploring. Did the same thing. Drove up all through California with my wife, and then the next year went and thumped a pig, and the year after that thumped a pig on public land. And oh, yeah. now it's my my birthday trip every year. That's sweet. Yeah, it's. Uh, awesome. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be over there in Cali hopefully in March. Oh, there you go. I was telling Timmy I wanted to go. Hunt. Exactly, I was telling Timmy I want to go thump a turkey and and a couple pigs up there this year too. And 
I think we're all going to try to figure it out and get it done. Yeah. But uh, let, let's roll right into this one. And, and this one's kind of a, it's not a hot topic, but it's definitely on the horizon, I think, um, or it mm-hmm. should be uh, in regards to actual Arizona, you know, because OTC and the way the changes actually happened for 2022, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of threw a wrench into everybody's plans and like, ah, you know, and, and to alleviate some of that pain, maybe in the future, you know, it there has been talk of that, um, the mandatory harvest reporting. What are your thoughts well, on that? That? That, has, that needs to happen. 100% needs to happen. Um, in order for biologists and the game managers to make effective quotas and to have their finger on the pulse, they need to know exactly how many deer we are harvesting and how many we are seeing and so on and so forth. They need that data. Otherwise, they're just using models. Right. So the one thing is like right now, the models are saying that we need to take less deer, right? Yeah. Because one, there's been a horrendous um, drought here for the last couple of years, and the deer are just not the fawns aren't making it as as well, and they're just not breeding. So when there's like a really dry year, you'll see that the rut is not intense. And when I was doing my research at Colorado State. Um, that's kind of one of the things I was looking at. And I found and everywhere that I've read that it's nature's way of not bringing animals into a, an environment that's not suitable for them to survive. So the rec goes down, not as many animals are, you know, not as many bills of bread. And as a result, you don't have the same corn crop that you had before. Correct. And, um, so, yeah, so that's, that's happened. You know, the other thing that's happened is the percentage success rate has gone up in the archery season. And the big thing, and I'm, I don't want to criticize Arizona's game of fish, but, man, they put out way too many rifle tags. Way too many rifle tags. And their current system right now is, there's no other better way of putting it, but it's freaking ridiculous. Okay, so what happens is a unit reaches its quota, you know, its harvest limit threshold, and they shut that unit down for two years during December, the December archery hunts, which is the last crack you have for that fiscal year to fill your tank, right? Right, right. And then it typically will open back up in January. But a lot of what that does is all these guys, first mostly mostly the instators, because not, not a lot of people come during the uh, December, which is actually I think something that some out of staters should start looking at, not coming in January, because you got a better opportunity in my opinion. But um, the the let's say the the unit that they close is is the only one right there. The two surrounding it are open. It just forces the 2,000 people that were going to hunt that unit into the other units. And now these other units get overtaxed. Correct. They just did some stupidity this December. They had like, I don't even know what the number was, but it was dumb, like 20 or 30 or something close in December. It was forcing everybody in the same like 15 units. And well, what do you think is going to happen when you put that density of hunters in 
in a short, you know, in a small area. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. They're, they're, in their eyes, more hunters means less the, the success rate goes down because you're going to be bumping into each other. You guys are going to be screwing each other up. What a stupid, what a crappy way to think about things, right? Is, is that the way that let's, it, ho- let's hope that, I swear to God, that is literally the thought process. That makes absolutely no sense. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, that makes, that well, makes zero sense. We'll put sense. a bunch of tags in there, and because there's so many of you, the success rate goes, goes down. So it's an opportunity hunt. That's what they do with a lot of these rifle tags, especially like elk season. I mean, some of these tags that like for late rifle hunt, what, 500 tags or whatever. And they're like, they just, they're like, well, they're, you're, you guys are crawling over each other, so you're not going to kill them. Well, that, that's fucking stupid. It's like, that's dumb. That it is. And, you know, I, um, I've listened to other podcasts and, and, you know, they kind of say the same thing as far as like they, Arizona doesn't want to lose revenue. That's why they, they push, they don't limit the amount of OTC tags or, you know, as far right. as, you know, they'll just push them into other units. It, to me, it doesn't do any good. If, if there was an electronic harvest mandate, like and and put, mm-hmm. put some hours on it, not days, but hours, say like, instead of weeks, put it two days. Or a day twenty within twenty four hours, you need to fill out your e tag in regards right. to a harvest. There should be a co- yeah, other other states do it. Right, we do it for bears in California. You know, that's we do it for bears, and that's the best thing we do it for bears and lions here. And, yep. and and if they can do it on the OTC, they can keep every unit open. That's all, that was previously open. They could keep them all open. They could keep the revenue where they want it to be. And if it's a if it's a mandatory law, and make their make it be. A hefty fine if you not, not, fine. not you no 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 hear me out hear, hear me out hear me out not 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 a fine if you don't report or or you I'm sorry right I'm saying make it a fine that if you get caught not reporting you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. like oh, if you harvest yeah. and then fish and game goes where's your reporting receipt and oh I don't have one bam hit him with like a five thousand dollar fine like make it hurt yeah. dude well what about the guys that put in, you know, they put in for a rifle tag, they get a rifle tag, they get an OTC tag. Who's to say that they're honest enough to only fill one tag? Well, no, that, there, there is, there is some of that going on, but it's not that much. Right. And, and, that, Arizona Game and Fish is pretty vigilant about that. I would imagine. They catch, they, they've, caught, they've caught plenty of people because Instagram, they can't help but post. Exactly. They, <laughs> I was just going to say, they cannot help but post and people are, you know, figuring out, somebody rats them out. There's always yeah. somebody, you know, I, there's always somebody watching. It does not pay to break the law. It, and listen, in this industry, I in this always, industry sure. I always give people the benefit of the doubt. And generally speaking, I feel as if the outdoors men and women are good people. There's always bad yeah. apples in the bunch for sure. But I, oh, yeah. I definitely could see how Arizona can, can make uh, make the system better by keeping mm-hmm. the the old units that are now closed during certain seasons back open it with a electronic tag harvesting report yeah. or to roll there, into there's a, several things that should be doing. Yeah, in in um, and I I think Arizona runs on like a three year deal, don't they? Like uh, five. as far as five years. Oh, it's five years. So is this mm-hmm. not up for debate for another five years, or or is this no, a yearly thing? This is, this is the year that it's up for debate. Okay. Right now. Okay. Yeah. It, yep. it needs- so that matter of fact, that's what's happening here with the, the lion band. Right. So we're in the open comment period, which is January 1st to the 31st. And Fusis is 
um, pushing its minions to uh, to comment during this comment period and say that they want lion, bobcat, and bear hunting bands in Arizona. And if we didn't catch wind of that, at the end of the 31 days, the Fish and Game Commission would look at it and be like, oh, there's 2,000 comments from people saying they want lion hunting bands. And we don't see any comments from ours. Right. It's lopsided. Okay, so now we have to open up all you know, the social, the social science says we have to look at it now, right? Right. And, uh, and that's how we lose shit. It's what happened in 2017. We lost um, part of our season. They tightened up the threshold and uh, some of the stuff of hunting, some of lions got, you know, it just got... It's not bad. It's really it really didn't affect, it didn't affect me much, but it might have affected some of the lions. I heard it specifically a lion hunters, but but for the most part, it wasn't too much. But I was upset about it because I was like, "We're giving them a breadcrumb, right? You know they're going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know that rat, rat you fed him. That's it. He knows. He knows he can come here and get fed again. Yeah. Well, so yeah. We need to set a trap, and when it comes back, you smack it. Whack! You know, Ryan, you you, in, you, you wanted to say something? Well, no, I was just going to ask you, John, um, as far as, like, that change with the or with the uh, mountain lion hunting, was it was it just different restrictions on that same season? Was it just they disallowed yeah. night hunting? Uh, or what? Yeah, they got rid of, they got rid of, um, there's a couple of months that we cannot hunt them now. It used to be year-round. Uh, there was some night pursuit in certain units. Um, so that went away. Um, and those were put in places to save sheep because that was all in sheep country. Right. But, um, and I don't really remember to be honest with you. I, I, I got used to it already now. So yeah. Like, yeah, I don't remember what it was. exactly. Before, you're, yeah. You're to the point where like, we lost it. When it happened, I was pissed off. But yeah. It, I, just, I just like everything else, you know, you, you make concessions and you move on. But, um, I I'm, I for one don't want to make concessions anymore for anything. Listen, I'm tired. I'm tired of always being with girl with the givers. You are you know? absolutely 100 percent correct. And believe me, coming from a from an individual that lives in California, and I hear about it all the time, dude. Mm-hmm. They will chip away at everything low hanging, and then oh, they'll, yeah. and then they'll go for the neck, dude. That'll that yep. without a doubt. That, that's their mo. If, for sure. If Arizona isn't careful, mm-hmm. and this goes for all the non-residents that hunt Arizona, if Arizona you don't even have you don't even have to hunt Arizona, dude. You exactly. Don't have to hunt Arizona. Anyone. We need to be united. Correct. We need to be united. Correct. I Arizona will be like California in three <laughs> fucking minutes, man. If they're allowed to let it go that way, I shit you yeah. not. That is one hundred percent facts. Three fucking minutes, dude. In Arizona is California. There's well, there, I mean. We have so many Californians that moved here in the last like three, four years. Yeah, we went from being a diehard red state to a purple state now. I know, it's crazy. It's a problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't it? Crazy? That is like, a problem. Leave your politics at home. You know, leave them where they came, yeah, well, where you came I, from. I've, I've never understood that. A lot of these people are leaving because they don't like the politics there, and then they bring the politics to where they're going. Yeah, well, you know, I, makes zero sense to me. But I, okay. I agree. I agree. If you man. didn't like it there, what do you think? Why do you think you're going to like it here? You know, well, they, they don't like it here, <laughs> dude. They don't like it here because they can't afford it, you know. 
They, well, and, yeah. And they fucking well, balance. it's getting that way here too. I mean, like it, it sucks because we're getting priced out of our own homes over here. Yeah, it's a shitty deal, you dude. Yeah, my wife and I and I we've been trying to look to move for a long time. I can't move because it's crazy because my house is worth double than we're at more than double what I paid for it. Yeah, and I can't find I can't buy a house. It'd be a lateral move, you know. I'm like, well, what, what, what's the point of that? I don't want to make a lateral move, right? So, so speaking of of these bands going on, um, yeah. So you guys, uh, you you and Charles came up with a way to combat this situation predicament that we're in. Um, so go ahead and tell us about about that. Yeah. So that's powerful wildlife, um, and it's actually started because of that SB fifty two bear ban from Wiener, yep. Senator Wiener in California last year. So Charles got a hold of me. He's like, "Hey, listen, they're trying to ban bear hunting altogether here." And he's like, "What can we do?" I'm like, "Well, let's start a petition on ChangeBet.org and rally the troops and let you know tell let them know that their constituents don't want it." That that's the main thing. Is like Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever you are, if the people that are electing you don't want it then nine times out of 10, they're going to look. So let's rally the troops. Well, in two days, we've got 27,000 signatures. That's amazing. And, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. we it was like a full front. Like It was like yep. we were fighting the Chinese off the West Coast, bro. Right. I swear to God, I gotta, it was crazy. I got to tell you guys, California surprised the shit out of me. And I was going to say this to you earlier. And I wanted to save it over when we were hitting record. There's one thing. Californians got a really bad rap. You guys get lumped in with all the other assholes that live in freaking San Francisco and, you know, downtown LA and whatever. The problem, the thing is, you guys, when something comes up, you guys are on it because you're used to dealing with that crap, man. Like, you're, I hate to use the word, but you're like social justice freaking heroes. Like you guys, but you're on it for the, for the right reasons, you know? And, and that's awesome. I think that's freaking amazing. So many other people that we've contacted are getting, they're like, okay, like, but they don't do anything. Right. They don't, they don't, they don't know like, oh, hey, let's, let's take 30 freaking seconds and, and stand up for what we believe in, right? It's not that freaking difficult. Right. Um. So anyway, when we realized that, I'm like, I was like, we, we raised $20,000 for change.org. Wow. Because people were donating like crazy. I'm That's like, a ton of money. We didn't, that didn't come to us. That didn't go towards the bear van. It went to change.org. Right. And I'm like, I uh, looked them up and I'm like, oh, change.org is a for profit organization. They're not even a non profit. Okay. And I started looking. And I'm like, dude, do you know how many anti hunting bands or, or, excuse me, anti Pumping um, petitions are on here. There's tons of ridiculous amount. That's like number one spot. So they're not, they're not our friend, and they're made a shit ton of money off of us, right? Correct. So I'm like, I like, I was gonna Charles, I'm like, we need to start our own change.org for hunting. Well, we looked into it. Then Charles like went freaking mad scientist and started jumping down all these rabbit holes and making making all these calls and having meetings and we had stuff set up. And let me tell you, there's a lot. So, you know, without giving too much away how the business is run, 
or how the organization is run. The, we have to uh, rely on a third party for the um, for the actions, basically. So they we pay it's like a ridiculous amount of money, ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month to have access to all the decision makers across the country and to be able to whitelist send them the emails, the petitions, all that stuff. Oh shit. And the first couple of people that we were with found out that we were a hunting organization and kicked us off and we lost our money. Really? Yeah, it was. And I said, we, you know what? Charles actually funded this. I I built the first website myself, not myself, but I paid for it and it was nowhere near as sophisticated as it is now. I was simply trying to do a change.org specifically just like change.org. And it just, it was not working right. It was chintzy looking. I'm like, we both agreed it wasn't going to work. And then Charles was like, listen, we need to throw some money at this. And I couldn't right, do it at right. the time. Uh-huh. And he could. And he was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And he, he fronted all the money. Right. And um, and got it up and running, got the nonprofit organization together. And he, he did a lot of work. And, you know, I was advising him. I was doing the promotional stuff on the side. I was talking to people, you know, creating some you know, relationships and stuff like that. But he is like, he was the guy that really put that website together. Um, it was my original idea, but he's the one that brought it to word. Right. For anyone who doesn't know, Charles is shadow Trek adventures on Instagram. Um, the original pig man, the original pig man. Yeah. Oh, he's not the, uh, the pig man on YouTube. No, 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 no. (laughs) That's 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 a joke. This, (laughs) This is the heavy metal pig man. And he is awesome. That's sweet, man. That's yeah. sweet. Listen, you guys are you guys are heading up a front that I think is industry changing. To be honest with you, I think it's a well. Sort- that was the, that was the idea. Yeah, you know? there is no way. Like, well, and this it this all ties into it. I feel as if, uh, matter of fact, Brian um, Brian is not here today, but he sent me a text message with uh, Clay Newcomb from Bear Hunting Magazine. Yep, him mentioning Alpha Wildlife. Yeah, yeah, and and he mentioned it, and and I was like, dang, man. I really hope, and and I know some people don't like Meat Eater and you know Meat Eater Inc. and all of that and all that kind of stuff. Right. They, they, they're mixed feelings on it, but I truly hope Steven Rinella grabs a hold of this and just blows it up on his podcast. I really I hope do he does too. I hope he does. I don't. Dude. I don't have a whole lot of um, expectation that but, that will happen. That's a shame. You know, and I and I. It's been my experience, and like I told you, how long I've been in the business. Yeah, long and Stephen Bernal. Um, and it's been my experience that if there isn't something in it, a lot of times people won't get behind it. And that and that is such a crock of just, shit, you know. And <laughs> might, and it might, it's not monetary. It's not whatever. But if it's not, you know, they didn't come up with the idea, they right? Like I. And, and trying to work with some of these other organizations, they're like, oh, cool, yeah, we know about that. We're working on it. Right. Not, oh, hey, how can we help? How can we join up? Let's do what we got to do. I mean, if a big – I haven't contacted Rocky Mountain Health Foundation. I'm just going to use them because they're big and well-known, right? But if Rocky Mountain Health Foundation said, you know what? We're going to send powerful wildlife out to our whole list of membership, our whole member base. Right. Do you know what a freaking jump that would be? It'd be huge. And, and, and it'd be a, such a positive 
thing to go in the direction, but they would never do that. I don't know that they would never do that. I could talk to them, but I, I, I've done work with them in the past, but it's been my experience that most guys will be like, or most, I say guys, most organizations will, will come up with the idea. They'll say, all right, well, if we do this, we might start sharing some of our membership base with that other company and, or with that other organization. And we might lose some revenue. But what the difference with Half a While is, first off, Half a While left when Charles and I, you know, spitballed going back and forth, the idea was let's make this a tool for all the other organizations to use, right? Yeah. This will be the change.org for everybody. Correct. Okay. It's not for me to be competition with you. It's, it's for me to support, you know, for us, for powerful wildlife to support the other organizations. I don't want to steal your membership base. You know, I, that, that was never the, the intention, but I'm, I, yeah, it was never the intention, but unfortunately it's, and I don't know it. I haven't had enough conversations with the big guys yet to, to know that, but I, I've been down this road with some other things, you know, so I'm kind of, I might be drawn to some conclusions. And hopefully I'm wrong, but the few that I have spoken to now, we, we got involved with Western uh, bear foundation. They're excellent. They're, they were our first people to, to, uh, to lock arms with us basically and, and, and get involved. And now our action center is going to be on their website. So if you want to be part of a good, a good organization. There's a good organization part of right there. Absolutely. And you know, there's others that have been reaching out. We've had a, we've had a really good outpour of positivity in a lot of ways. So I don't, I don't want this to all be about ne- negativity and I really don't want to villainize, you know, the big guys. But yeah. the reality is it's a big machine, lots of money and I, I, and in, in certain ways I understand their position. Okay. Well, the thing that bothers me is not really the, the organizations. It's the, it's the influencers out there, the guys with the big name. You, we, you know, we kind of went down this road because of Stephen Rinella, right? Right. You know, there's a part of me that understands this. Like I said, I, I, by no means is my name anywhere as big as Stephen Rinella's or Cameron Haynes or anybody of that caliber, right? I'm no Joe Rogan. Well, that's funny. I still watch you instead of them. <laughs> but I appreciate that. Because I appreciate real. that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but regardless, I don't have a name. But, and I understand from their their standpoint that they want to see how things are going before they attach their name to it because they work very hard to get to where they are, they're at. And it's very easy to get your name tarnished in this industry. Um, so, you know, see, like everybody's got a view. Like you, you just said, because you're real, right? Inferring that they're not real. Do we know they're not real? I don't know. I've never hunted with them. I've had no people that have hunted with them that they're beat. You know, I don't know, but that, that, that but comment that, was more, more in a sense. No, I, I, dude, I understand what I'm, that's what I'm just saying. There's just, a, there's always a perception, right? So they're always worried about that perception. So I understand from, from that standpoint, but this is a very easy thing. Take 10 minutes out of your freaking life. Yeah. Go investigate it. And if it makes sense, jump on board. That's it. That's what pisses me off. Like, 
you don't want to share it. You don't want to get involved in it, but have a reason. And that reason has got to be because you look into it and it's not for you. Right. Not just because, eh, I got so many other things going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Conservation is for everyone. Yeah. It's for everyone. You know? Yeah. And I think I I understand that. They understand that. Yeah, John. And I think the biggest thing, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, 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 I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. I think the biggest difference here with how for wildlife, this tool that you've helped create um, that we need to highlight for our listeners is that this is a free service. Correct. You can sign up for it. You can donate. But this is not, yep, I mean, with it or, with, yeah, with, yeah, we definitely encourage it's our... It's very our, expensive to run. Correct, I don't know, yeah. I don't know how, if we don't get donations, yeah. we don't know how uh, long that Charles and I can... Uh, exactly, and we we them. absolutely encourage all of our listeners <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to help donate. with that. But I think within regard to, uh, like, sharing revenue with all these other organizations, this could be a helpful tool for them also. Right. And I think that's kind of the point where you're coming from, is absolutely. that, you know, we can all come together as a community, regardless of... If you're an influencer or if you're a specific yeah. organization, this is very we've, we've important. We've done a for lot us. of bitching. We've done a lot of bitching. Let, let's talk about some of the, the things that need to happen. Yes, yeah, exactly. Timmy. First and foremost, we start treating the hunting, hunting as a community and not as an individual sport. We need to recognize that the guy who tree stand hunts in South Carolina for pigs and deer is just like you. The, the guy chasing blacktail in Asia. And um, you may not hunt the same. You might not wear the same camouflage. You might not, you know, have the same tactics. But you're still paying into something and you're still passionate about wildlife and the effects of the world on it. And you want to be able to see your kids do it. You want to be able to enjoy it for the rest of your life. And the only way we're going to do that is if we all recognize that we're all in it the, the same, you know, Absolutely. lion hunters are the same as elk hunters. Correct. It doesn't matter. You might not do the same thing. You might not, you know, might not even like the fact that they kill lions, right? You might be against it. Okay. But you're for hunting and you should understand the North American wildlife conservation model. If you don't, Educate yourself on it. There's there's always, it's a system, right? There's always a yin and a yang. Whenever you enter into a system, no matter where you enter it from, there's, an, there's a, a reaction somewhere else in the system. So it's very important to look at things holistically, look at things in a very well-balanced way. And that's the way the country should be run. Unfortunately, I was trying to get Dr. Valerius Geist on my podcast, and I just found out that he had passed. I was wondering why I wasn't getting any response back. Unfortunately, I hate to laugh about that, but it's just, I was like, right. he's, he's not answering me back. And he's I was blowing like, you kind of off. About it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he's actually one of the authors of the actual North American Wildlife Conservation. And if you listen to he's, I mean, the podcasts are very dry, but you could find some and you listen to the science behind it and you listen to why we need to do what we do. Um, the other side, the anti-hunters, you know, main positioners, one, they're all about preservation, not conservation. Right. They're, they're all hoarding. They're, 
yeah, we're safe with, you know, that's like, that's their mentality. They don't emotional. want anybody, anybody to consume it, but they think they're protecting. This is like a helicopter mom, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she thinks she's doing the best for her kids, but then her kids go out into the world and they're a bunch of freaking naive, you know, brats because they've had their ex wiped every two steps of the way. Right. And, right. and you know, it, it's kind of like that. You can kind of look at it that way. And I, uh, I'm 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 gonna go down a road that I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna back up. <laughs> I'm gonna go down a road I don't want to start yeah. making all these. But you know, it's like I again, it's really important. You just educate yourself, learn the North American model. That it's just start recognizing that the guy on the other side of the fence is just like you, regardless if he looks like you, talks like you, wears the same camo, shoots the same bow, hunts the same animals. Doesn't matter. We're all in this, and if we get past that, our our diversity will be our strength. Because right now, our diversity and all the niches and all the stuff, that's our weakness. And it will be our undoing if we let it. We need to stick together, and how for wildlife does that, okay? You join, you become a member, hopefully donate, and every time there's a hunting ban or a bill that comes up that affects wildlife management, specifically wildlife management, we are going to direct all your voices in one howl to that bill so that the decision makers know, shit, there's 20,000, 30,000 people that don't want this to happen, right? And hopefully we can grow it you know, to the 15 million hunters in the United States. That would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And every time, just imagine that. Every time a bill came up, 15 million people signed a petition. No, fuck you, Houston. You're not getting your way. (laughs) Think about it. I I agree with that 100%. So for the listeners, I mean, you guys, you guys have an Instagram page. There's a link on the Instagram page to find How for Wildlife, and it's very easy to sign up for with your email. You can you can donate there. Um, I've already signed up, and the cool thing is, you guys already have an email set up. So if you're at work, oh, and yeah. you, you have five minutes to to look at what's going on. You can click on whatever band it is, whatever state it is, click on it, and then submit it. And it automatically sends an email in with your name on it, um, so your voice is heard. So it's it's a very very easy avenue um, to get your, your your voice out there. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's the easiest thing you could possibly do. Matter of fact, I timed it today. I signed up and I went and did all four actions that we are working on right now, which is Arizona lions and bears, California bears. Colorado lions and bobcats and lynx. Uh, Washington's uh, trying to get their bear hunting season back. And uh, actually, that's it. That's up there right now. That Oregon's going up there soon. And we're working on another one, too. Under five minutes. Um, I, I, I want to tell you, it took me a minute and 45 seconds. That's huge. Okay, it took yeah. me under five minutes. I couldn't tell you what it was. I just did it while I was at work. Yeah, yeah. It's super a minute easy and forty-five process. seconds. Now there's other tools on there. So like right now, in uh, on in the Cal, well, not the California one, the Colorado one, 
you could sign the petition and send the email, but it also gives you a call deck, you know, call action. You click on call, it will systematically call each of the people that are sponsoring that bill. And when they answer, it's going to start prompting you things for you to say that to back up your reasoning so that you don't freeze up. I'm talking to a senator. You know, that situation where it's going to be like, okay, yeah, hit this point, hit this point, hit this point, hit this point. Then once you hang up with that person, it automatically calls the next to it. So there's four people right now, four sponsors of that bill in Colorado. And you will call them. They will hear your voice. And they'll be like, oh, shit, man, there's a big outcry against this. Let's maybe, this might not look popular for us. Like, let's back up, you know? Yeah. So that's politicians. It's not popular for them. It might ruin their chances of getting reelected. Yeah. They're not going to do it. They find out a handful of their constituents are upset and they like shit their pants. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Sucks. That's the game we have to play. I know. Ain't that a shitty thing? Yeah. Eh, That's a shitty deal. No, it is. It it is. Yeah. I mean, I've been pretty cavalier with a lot of this stuff, but, you know, it's really important. It is. Um, It's extremely important. Super important to have you on to tell the Southern California folks how to get involved. I mean, correct. So listen, listen, bud. um, Give our listeners the website, a link, your 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 social media platforms. Let's let's get this thing moving. Oh, and your guide service. Yeah, and your guide service. We we're definitely going to pump you. We we believe in Halfa Wildlife. Uh, It definitely has a. a part in our community, you know, it, it has a spot and, and all of us need to get behind it regardless of what state you're out of and whatever, what, regardless of what bill that how for wildlife is calling to action, you know, um, it's a simple process for our listeners. Like you heard from John, a minute and a half, Timmy, five minutes, he's working, whatever. don't matter. It's a, it's a handful of minutes for us to be involved. We can take time out of our day, you know, um, to, to do this, you know, I like to tell my, I like to tell my guys at work, you know, after they're done taking a piss, they wash their hands. So why are you washing your hands? Oh, why take a piss? Well, don't piss on your hands. It takes 30 fucking <laughs> seconds to wash your hands. You know, it takes 30 seconds. Go sign this petition or go sign up for Hal for Wildlife. And, uh, and tell, tell your friends about it. If yeah. you, when, when you start following Hal for Wildlife, anytime they post something, put it on your stories. Make sure it gets out. Make sure a voice get heard. Please. Yeah. Spread the word as much as possible. Absolutely. So real quick, uh, real quick. What I want to, what I want to hit home is technically you can go straight to the action action center and just sign up, sign up whatever petition you want. And that a lot of that's going on right now. Like the Colorado bill is taking off like crazy, and the California one's okay, and Arizona one's okay, and Washington one's not getting a whole lot of traction. So what's happening is you know people are pushing certain. Um, certain bills, which is great. We want them to, right? What they're passionate about. Um, what's really important is that you go and you become a member first and then you go in and do the four. And the reason why I say that is because, well, one, it's got to speed things up because once you go into the action center, once you become a member and validate that you're a member, it'll automatically put your name and your email in the thing that's going to save you that typing. But besides that, um, you're going to get informed every time a new bill comes up. That's the only time you're going to get an email pretty much from Powerful Wildlife. We're, we're trying to not bombard you with bullshit, not a bunch of newsletters and, right. you know, drives and all this stuff. So, you know, 
there might be a come a time where we'll have some, you know, raffle or something to that effect. But that's not that's not what our plan is. Our plan is to be a very efficient tool to battle anti hunting. Well, I believe and, it. And stupidity. Yeah, it, so. it uh, your guys' platform is gonna gonna take off for sure. It's a simple it's a simple tool that outdoors men and women um, should definitely use. Uh, and, and I can see it catching on, you know, there, there's, for it's sure. just too simple for it not to catch on. And, and I think once the right people, um, get a hold of this, like I said, you know, Clay Newcomb was already talking about it. You know, uh, I think yeah. it's going to get out there and it, and it's going to get traction. Um, and it's going to blow up and it's going to be a huge tool for us to fight, to fight the antis. And, and that's, what's most important. And like you said, it doesn't matter if, you know, you're talking about houndsmen. If you're talking about whitetail hunters, mule deer hunters, coos hunters, whatever, bear hunters, it doesn't matter. We're all in this together, and um, we all need to support each other, regardless if we like what we're doing or not. Because, like I said right. earlier, too, they hit the low hanging fruit, and next thing you know, they go for the neck, and it's a done deal. Yeah. So exactly. we appreciate you coming on, um, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, preaching preaching this out to us, and and giving us the information so that we can we can spread it and. And like I said, we're a huge supporter of you and we're going to continue to, to push how for wildlife on, on our podcast moving forward. And hopefully we can get this thing rolling. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, so real quick, I'll give you those. It's a uh, how H O W L for wildlife.org is the, is the website. Perfect. Um, and if you want to find out about me, either John alone.me or days in the wild.com. Uh, my days in the wild.com has both my podcast and my, guiding service to both made the same thing okay it used, to, it used to be the name of my tv show as well so you know hand in hand perfect um so yeah i appreciate you guys appreciate you guys out there in california like i said you guys uh, are very good about getting involved and uh i think you should be commended for it so well, right on and man. tell your wife we're sorry for taking up your yeah time. yeah <laughs> sorry for taking the hour dude <laughs> that's all right man all right, all right buddy. <laughs> yeah, we we appreciate it, guys. Hey, guys, check check out his uh his social platforms, how how for wildlife, and and get involved. And his YouTube is awesome. And his YouTube's awesome. All right, guys, thank you. <laughs> Later.